something like two and a half million tampons are flushed down the toilet every day in the UK alone. It's, it's not great, don't flush your period products down the toilet, but if you're looking for a more sustainable period, this might be a good option. There has been this huge wave of trying to get people to be more sustainable on their period. If you use tampons, please don't feel ashamed or feel like you're not a conscious consumer because periods are uncomfortable. I've tried a moon cup, I hated it. I didn't like it at all. For some people, they love them, they swear by them. So we're all very different and I'm not judging anyone regardless of what you use to, to manage your period because... Hi, box owners. Welcome to yet another episode of Periodsis brought to you by none other than me, Mandy B, and also official box owner. If you are listening to this episode, this is yet another brand partner episode, and I'm super excited about this because, baby, we are talking periods. Period, sis. You already know. I'm super excited. It is not only another tale of womanhood, but as you guys heard before this episode, this episode specifically is brought to you by Period Isle. Before we get started, I want to go ahead and remind you again to go on over to periodisle.com, use promo code BOXOWNER, and save 15% off of your purchase. Now we're getting into it. It's another tale of womanhood for women, by women. And today I am joined by the CEO of period aisle miss suzanne siemens hi suzanne thank you for joining us today hello mandy thanks for inviting me i'm really excited to chat of course i am so excited first off i want to tell you how much i love the name of your company period aisle is amazing i think we literally know there is literally a period aisle in every pharmacy grocery store anything that sells feminine hygiene products we know what aisle to go for us mm -hmm. and i want to ask you before we get into period aisle can you share with us a little bit about your feminine hygiene journey or even your menstrual journey for sure um well i would say that my period journey was pretty normal from the time i was you know in my teens up until the time that i was trying to have children so my first period i think i was maybe 12 13. i was really looking forward to it but my mom didn't want to talk about it she said to me hey you got your period okay there's products in the bathroom counter and go talk to your sister Suzanne, that's a little different. You said you were looking forward to your period, even though it wasn't something discussed. What made you look forward to getting your period? Well, because all my friends already had it. So uh <laughs> it was really about being part of the gang and knowing what that experience was going to be like. So I just felt kind of left out and, you know, no such thing as late bloomers. But I mean, I, I waited a little bit longer than the average. And uh, so I was kind of looking forward to kind of joining joining the club. But my mom didn't want to talk about it, and she kind of treated it like that's a subject we just don't don't cover. Um, but I will also say my periods were pretty average. I didn't have major cramps and major heavy bleeding. And really where my journey started to really shift was when I was trying to have kids, and I was dealing with miscarriages. I was dealing with infertility, and I really started thinking, why am I having trouble? Like, nobody ever talked about this before. Right. And, and that was around the same time that I met the co-founder of Period Isle, Madeline Shaw, and she had these products that were reusable. And that kind of started my journey of looking at my period, figuring out when I was ovulating, figuring out, you know, why I was getting miscarriages. 
and just kind of this awakening of like, don't take your period for granted and don't assume it's going to be normal and don't assume that every pregnancy is going to be normal. So that was just an early part. What was, was this a conversation with, uh, again, you said you had a fairly normal period. I think, um, that's one of the, the, the biggest conversations we have here on this pod is that we don't really know what's normal, what's abnormal. And when you go to the doctor, the things that are abnormal, they say, oh, it's normal. Some women just have this. So I want to ask with your journey and not to let me know if it's overstepping, but I would like to talk about maybe going through the the miscarriage process and talking to your doctors. Did they ever ask you questions regarding your flow or your menstrual? And what were those conversations like? I did not get a lot of information from my healthcare practitioners. It was really a lot of research on the internet, asking my friends, and then going to see a naturopath, like just a lot of alternative health modalities and getting to know people who were um, really experts at tracking your cycle and knowing when you were fertile and knowing when you weren't. So I will say that my experience was normal in the sense that I didn't have the cramps and the fibroids and the, you know, the heavy clotting and bleeding, but the infertility side I felt was abnormal and that's when I was awakened to like there's books out there there's articles out there and and just kind of empowering myself with the information I needed to make the right choices because when I had my first pregnancy which did end in a late-term miscarriage my doctor just kind of dismissed it and said no that's that's just going to happen but I really wanted to understand why and I didn't get it from him and so when I had my second pregnancy I had done the research in advance and and found a, a midwife so I live in Vancouver, British Columbia, and here in Canada, you can have a midwife and it's covered by the medical system. And so I Amazing. felt very well cared for. Like she would tell me everything that was going on and, and tell me what was normal and what wasn't, you know, normal in the normal sense, if you will. And so I just felt like you had to get the information yourself because traditional medical practitioners, they're, so, they're too busy and they don't really necessarily know what's going on they don't maybe have time or they haven't studied kind of all the nuances around all the kind of issues that happen around periods like whether it's pcos endometriosis fibroids pmdd like there's a lot going on well and as i mean anyone who's listened to this show we've had quite a few different stories about each of those and what's crazy is not one story is the same one of the questions i wanted to ask you and i want to go back to it because the idea of us having a period, we all know that it's to prepare for a baby. It's to go through the cycle of ovulation. And that's why we bleed. And when we don't bleed, there's no baby. We know that with menopause. So I want to ask you then with having a normal period, you just assumed that everything's working the right way. I have no worries. What, what did you find in your research that maybe tied a quote unquote normal period to also infertility. Like, are there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I think what was hidden behind that normal period was that my hormone levels were out of whack. And that's really what contributed to the infertility is, is not having the right hormone levels to ovulate at the right time or at the time where you knew it was the right time to have sex. And, and just, um, you know, I had an issue where um, I needed to take some medication to possibly normalize that. So there was blood work that happened, um, but it it didn't manifest in having periods that were super heavy or irregular. It was, it was really around the hormone levels, just not, 
not happening at the time that was ideal for, for having a baby. And then with respect to the miscarriages, you know, I think there's just chromosomal issues that happen when you get pregnant. And sometimes right. those chromosomes are just not a good match and your body does the natural thing and, and terminates the pregnancy, which is super devastating, but that's just the way your body works. And you have to trust the system of, you know, taking care of yourself and knowing what's right and wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to uh, your period journey, you said there wasn't much conversation with your mom and she said, Hey, here's the products to use. They're under the sink. What were those products? And as, um, an adolescent and a teenager, maybe an early adult, what were the, what were the period products that you seem to use just because that's what you were told to use? Yeah, it, it was clearly one of those <laughs> strips with the adhesive on the bottom and you stuck it on your underwear. And I remember a few years later deciding, oh, I want to go swimming. And it was during my period and like tampons were definitely not talked about in our household. So okay. I had to figure out how to use a tampon by myself. At what age was that? That was probably 15. I was using a tampon by myself and it was pretty traumatic because you just weren't told how to use them. And you, no, yeah. you don't. You just got to stick it up there. So did your friends help you? Were they, were they, uh, the I was in the bathroom by myself at my friend's house. Like, you're just like, what do I do? <laughs> so I, I'm sure that's a very common 100%. situation for people. Um, but 100%. now, I mean, with, with YouTube and videos, there's a lot more information and I didn't discover reusable products until I happened across my, my co-founder Madeline. We met at an event and she told me what she did. And I said, that is super interesting. Like, I guess I was curious. I wasn't offended. I didn't think it was gross. Um, and I just was curious. And also I was curious because at the time I was trying to get pregnant and I was thinking about my period and thinking about, am I ovulating and being disappointed when I did get my period because I was just so conscious of that time. Awesome. Okay. This is where we got to go. Cause you met Madeline. She tells you she's in the business of, reusable menstrual products mm -hmm. i assume now of course this is where a lot of people are like wait we bleed how do you reuse something that you bleed all over let's get into maybe what your first conversations were like with madeline before we get into the inception of period isle so when you met madeline explain to us what your curiosity was in reusable products because you had been doing research with periods and also what madeline had told you about the benefits of these products yeah, well, I think I was just more conscious of exactly when I was bleeding and when I wasn't. So the idea of looking at your blood and your period didn't seem icky or foreign to me. So then the second idea of, okay, maybe you bleed into something that's also attached to your underwear and washing it, it didn't bother me because you sometimes bleed on your underwear by accident because right. you weren't expecting your period. So it didn't feel weird to me. And um, when she explained to me how they work, it, it was just something that I kind of connected with. She has a fashion background, so she was trying to make them fun and pretty and cute and normalize them. So I kind of felt like, okay, this is just, if you will, a, an accessory to my underwear. Okay. And, um, and then, uh, you know, fast forward when um, I actually got pregnant, she said, oh, I make period underwear too. And this is back like in the early 2000s. And I said, yeah, I need that period underwear. And so <laughs> she was making me period underwear. And so it just kind of evolved as a natural progression of using products that worked for when you needed them. Okay, so let's get into it. 
you were using them. Mm-hmm. What what was the aha moment? What was the moment in which you were like, all women need to be introduced to this. I'm going to do something about it. And talk to yeah. us about the about period aisle being born. Yeah. Well, I think for me, it was for me personally, again, because I was trying to get pregnant, I was very conscious of my period. I wanted to know how much I was bleeding, how long my period lasted. And so for me, having reusable products made me more connected to what was truly going on. So when you bleed Ah. into disposables, you bleed into them and you throw them away and you're just like, thank God it's gone and over. And now I need another one. You don't really look in them. Yeah. Whereas if you are conscious of your period and you want to know when you're bleeding and how much you're bleeding, then it kind of matters. Like you're kind of taking your health into more account into more control. So that was for me personally why it worked. The other reason was just a growing consciousness around waste and just thinking after using reusables, I'm like, I don't have to throw this shit in the garbage anymore. It's not making a huge mess and right. and saving money, not having to go to the, the drugstore every every week or sorry, once okay. a month. So Suzanne, just trash. I, I, I have to ask you though, you just mentioned mess. What is the mess associated in a reusable pad? Is there mess? Well, there's blood for sure. Like you got okay. you got to be 100% comfortable with blood right. for sure. Okay. okay. And and practically speaking, um you take your pad off or you take your period underwear off, you run it under the sink and squeeze out as much of the blood as possible. And you know, maybe you do it run it under the tap for like a couple of minutes and then you throw it in with your regular laundry because like I said, it's no different than when you have an accident and you didn't expect your period and you bled all over your underwear. So there's blood and some people prefer to wash their period underwear or their um, pads or empty their cup in the shower because you're already right. in there and splashing around and there's plenty of water. So I'd say for beginners, you know, go do it in the shower. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that you would say do it in the shower for beginners. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I want to ask, because this has been a conversation, um, anytime we talk about periods and menstrual products, there are toxins that are found often mm-hmm. in tampons and pads. I've even um, been told, so I'm someone who genuinely, uh, generally likes to go without panties because panties irritate me. And as an adult, I've you know, found that there's certain uh, material that can cause irritations with vaginas. Yeah. Yeah. Did What was the research and what uh, material is used in the reusable pads that make it to where they wouldn't necessarily irritate or have toxins coming up into our vagina during our menstrual? Yeah. So first, there's a difference between disposables and reusables. And then I would say there's okay. also a difference between other reusables. So first, I'll talk, about, talk about what's in disposables. So in disposables, there are things like dioxins and bleaches and acetones and these super absorbent polymers, which is kind of this manufactured styrofoam that is used to absorb all the blood and catch it all. So there's some pretty hefty degree of chemical combinations happening in disposables, which make them effective. It makes them super absorbent. It makes them leak proof. But it comes at a cost because there are a lot of people who are super sensitive to chemicals and they get chemical reactions and they report these reactions to the FDA and say like, these disposables are giving me a serious rash or they gave me an infection. And, you know, funny story is Madeline invented the products because she was getting allergic reactions to tampons and said, oh, wow, no more. I don't want this anymore. So 
that's the issue with disposables and there's a lot of information out there on the internet about what can be in your disposable products and you know be wary um but the other thing too is even in with among reusables a lot of products use chemicals in the reusable products so in the period okay. underwear or in the period cloth pads there may be a lot of um, additional chemical additives to also increase the absorbency or increase the wicking effect or those kinds of things. So my general comment is just be aware of what you're buying, you know, look into it, look at the detailed ingredients, look at how they're made, who made them, all those things. Like, just like you look at whether or not you buy organic fruits and vegetables. Or gluten-free. Yeah. Or, yes, it's yes, the same yes. thing with your apparel. So you want to, so I know for our company, we're um, something called the B Corporation. So we're super serious about our ethics and sustainability. And we use as many natural textiles as possible. So we'll use organic cotton. We'll use plant-based lyocell. And if we want to use um, polyester to keep it from leaking, we'll use recycled polyester. So for us, it's also a sustainability story, as well as a health story, as well as a comfort story. And that's why Periodal was invented. It was to find a place for comfort. Um, there's also a, a story, if we have time to get into just inclusion and being fat positive and being gender inclusive and trans inclusive. And, you know, you said you love the name. Well, we specifically called it Periodile because we're tired of it being called the feminine hygiene oil. The no, fem- you know, the fem- there's, and I, and I know that fem- this is a super um, woman positive podcast and you're, Absolutely. you're, it's all about, you know, being powerful to women. But one thing that we have very deliberately done is actually taken the word and woman out of our marketing because. Well, that's, that's all same with, and that's why we use box owner because you can be a man or a woman with a box. Like Mm -hmm. it's not feminine does make it feminine, but you could be someone who's masculine and have a period. So I love that you you decided to really think about that as well when making this product. Yeah. Um, I think it's wonderful too because um, you also allow someone to have their own personal style, I would say, during their period. And I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about that because if you guys were able to get box number four, uh, we had a beautiful... Uh, it, I loved just the design mm-hmm. of it. Um, it, and it, I also liked the color to say the very least, it's like a maroon blood color. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also was, had very beautiful pattern to it. I did want to talk about that because you brought up the fact that a lot of our pads, and I'm curious to know if you know the history behind it. A lot of, again, the feminine care products or period products are white. They do push towards the bleach aspect of it or cotton as like everything is white. Right. So I'm curious to know if on with the period aisle reusable pads, if there's anything to the dyes that are in the pads um, and why you guys maybe chose not to do them in white, of course, beyond stains, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that things that are white, like it, it was a convention that I feel like businesses were kind of trying to, instill in you that if it's not bleached, it's not clean. And, mm. you know, a lot of when I mentioned dioxins in disposables, it's because they bleach the heck out of the products to make them white, to make them look sanitary and clean. But there's nothing unsanitary about having a period. It's just our body shedding its uterine lining because you didn't have a baby. And so it doesn't have to be white. 
And when we use dyes, we use plant-based dyes. We we audit awesome. our suppliers and make sure that you know the textiles were done in a mill that was super environmentally friendly. And there's plant-based dyes, and the employees are treated well and pay, paid fairly. Like there's a whole supply chain that you need to think about whenever you consume something, and that's something that we tell our customers. You can trust that we've done all that homework. So I think bleaching things and white things is it's. it's kind of part of the patriarchy and part of capitalism, if you ask me. Talk about it. So <laughs> I have one more question. For someone who's like, you know, this may be something I want to try out. If they're going for the first time and say a normal period, and I love to, I'm an air quote normal. Yeah, air quote Say it. someone has a cycle between five and seven days. Mm-hmm. How many of the reusable pads would you say would be the most convenient for someone to start off with? Of course, I know you said you now bring them into the shower with you. But of course, for for those of us who use disposables, again, you just throw them out. Um, And, you know, you get the pack of like 24 and maybe that'll get you through the cycle. So how many reusable pads should someone consider starting with? Well, I think that question will vary because in my experience, when I first started using reusables, I just bought a couple to try them out to see if I would like them. Right. Okay. So I bought a mini pad and a panty liner and then one maxi pad. And I bought one of each size and said, do I like these? Do these work for me? Should I use this on my heavy day and this on my light day? Um, But for someone who is fully invested and said, I've had it with disposables, I'm fully going all in with reusables. I would say you probably need between six to 10. It really depends on how often you want to do your laundry. So I would say you can probably get away with one or two pads a day but you also don't have the pads for the next day. So you need a supply for the next day because you need a day to wash and dry them. So a good supply is like between six to 10 pads, but you can just buy one or two the first time, try it out, and then maybe switch to your disposables, you know, on another day of your period. And then just feel like, what is, how is it different using reusables? Um, The other option is to buy period underwear and and get your period underwear. You might want to get, five pairs, you might want to just get one pair and try them out and see how they feel and what's it like to wash them and what's it like to free bleed in my period underwear. It's it's a kind of a different sensation. So I think it's really up to how brave you want to be in terms of making the full switch or you can just try it part-time or wear them only at bed. I was about to say, I feel like I have all the questions that I'm hoping get answered in this. I do want to ask you as well too, if say, uh, well, I guess first off, do they come in regular and super or are they just uniform? Like one, one size fits all and just you change one more sporadically on your heavy days. Uh, do the reusable pads come in different absorbency? They, they do. They, they come they in do. a panty liner, like a super thin every day because we have discharge every day. Some of us of do. Course. And then they come in like a super pad, which was originally designed for postpartum use because when you have a baby, you bleed really heavily for two weeks. Um, And they're also designed for people who have very, very heavy flow and want a lot of coverage. So there's a really long, thick super pad, and then there's your super thin panty liners. And then I will also add for our underwear, you can have super low coverage thong style. So you want to feel, feel kind of sexy and, you know, feel like you're not wearing much that day to a full on boxer brief, which is hands down our number one selling product for folks who want a lot of coverage. They want to feel super comfortable. They're super popular with all our gender non-conforming 
folks and and trans men who bleed and it's it's fun style it's i it's love it super fun style i love it so my next question if i'm using the reusable product again with disposable sometimes on a on a heavy day i could go through three four maybe five pads mm -hmm. if i'm using the reusable i'm carrying them with me do you also sell something for me to place my old ones in mm -hmm. do i carry around you, we all know if y'all are listening, we all have our, our, our drawer full of just plastic bags that we use for our everyday thing. Is that something during my period I should start to carry with me? Again, what do I do with them if I'm out midday and I have to change my reusable pad? Where do I put it? Yes, we do carry a super cute functional carry bag or you know what? Carry, carry a makeup bag or some kind okay. of, you know, additional carry purse or pencil case you can put it in whatever you want um the one that we sell has a lining in it so it won't leak in case it's, it's already been full of blood and then you can also have a little pocket for your clean one so that they're they're not mixed up so do whatever oh, that's works amazing. but yeah that's what, amazing i used to just carry an extra cosmetic bag okay i'm trying to think i was i had them in my head ready i do you know I think, I think we kind of answered everything. Uh, Suzanne, do you have any other tips or advice or anything for anyone who listened to this and may be curious like you were or leaning towards, hey, let me try this out. What bit of advice would you give to someone curious about using reusable menstrual products? I would say, like I said earlier, just give it a try. Try one or two um, pads or try a pair of underwear. And the other thing is ask your friends. I am 100% sure there is a friend of yours out there who has tried a menstrual cup, has tried period yes. underwear or tried um, cloth pads, and they will tell you what their experience has been. And most of the time they're like, I wish I had discovered this earlier. And usually it's because I didn't realize how comfortable they were, or I'm so happy I'm not creating more trash in the world, or I'm saving money. So everyone's experience will be different and they'll have a reason why they switched and why they've loved it. I love that. Suzanne, where can our listeners find period aisle on social media and where else do you do, you do anything else where there's educational mm -hmm. videos or any other platforms where we can get further information on period aisle and reusable products? Yeah. Periodisle.com is the best place to go um, on all our social media. It is also period aisle. Sometimes it's period with a um, underscore, like a underline and then aisle two yes. words, um, but you'll find us on Instagram um, where we try and have a little bit of fun and we're cheeky and bold and brash. Um, Facebook, Twitter, we're on TikTok. Um, and then when you go to I our website- to, I, I have to figure out TikTok. <laughs> You're ahead of the game here, Suzanne. I still cannot figure out TikTok. It's a whole and new world. I, it, it's a whole new world. It takes forever to create anything. Yeah, uh, and, and what where was your Facebook group as well? It's period aisle as well. Um, sometimes it's actually just aisle, but usually the actual full name, if you if you type it in the search bar, is period aisle. And um, if you go to our website, you can find resources. There's like a PDF of a book for young folks who are first to their period and want to understand, you know, what what's going on with my body and why should I switch to reusables? Um, we have some video. Our blog has some really excellent content. So, yeah, there's there's plenty of resources out there to get curious and, and try and go a little deeper and, you know, get into some topics that we like to nerd out on. So it's all there. 
I love it. There's never too much information. Suzanne, thank you so very much for joining me here on Periods. Sis. Guys, stay tuned for some stats and facts, of course, about periods. Um, and Suzanne, thank you so very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. My, my pleasure as well, Maddie. I had a lot of fun chatting. Bye. Bye. Of course, sustainable is a massive blanket term that could mean 101 different things. Some of these products do have more plastic than others, some last longer, some create more waste. I know a lot of people don't just use one particular product throughout their whole period, they tend to like dip in and change. I know for me, I use all four of these depending on the situation. So yeah, I'm fully aware that if we were fully sustainable, we wouldn't be using plastic at all. We'd be using rags that are washable, but like, <laughs> it's not always that practical. There's downsides to everything. We live in capitalism. Who am I to tell other women what they should do with their bodies? I just want to thank again Suzanne over at Period Isle and the whole team for not only partnering with Official Box Owner, but sharing so much knowledge. I really enjoyed the conversation. And I know that for those of you who are able to get box number four of the Official Box Owner subscription box, I know that that was one of the products that you were like, oh my God, am I really about to use a reusable pad? As always, you know, I want to drop in the stats and the facts. And guys, I'm going to get nerdy and do a whole lot of numbers for the stats and facts, okay? So this comes from self.com. And we did talk about not only the benefits of it, how to clean your pad, how many to use. This one is for those of you who really question if reusable pads actually help the environment, which of course is one of Period Isle's purposes. So let's get into it. A person who menstruates uses anywhere from 108 to 504 menstrual products in a year. Working with an average of 240 products a year, um, that with, with it being weighed at 10 grams per product, it is estimated that one person who menstruates will use about 2.4 kilograms or five and a half pounds of menstrual products in a year. Now, five and a half pounds may not seem like a lot. But based on data from the World Health Organization, we can then estimate that a person's primary reproductive years are between ages of 15 and 49. This means that most people will get their period for about 34 years, give or take some years for things like pregnancy, not getting your period while using hormonal IUD and all of the other factors. Here we go. That means that one individual will use about 187 pounds of waste over the course of one's lifetime just in period products. That's a lot. That's like the weight of some of us. Even more than some of us, okay? So it's, 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 it's a lot and often biodegradability is based on whether or not the material will decompose in a natural environment or not. And let's be honest, guys, we've had a ton of conversations regarding not only the material, but all of the chemicals that are in period products that we've just been using for years. Okay, so I'm definitely going to try these products and you can too by go by going over to periodisle.com. Use our promo code BOXOWNER, let them know we sent you and get 15% off. Again, there's period panties, period thongs, period briefs, and of course, the reusable period liners 
and period super absorbent pads. Make sure, again, you go on over to periodisle.com, try those out, or even just go over to the site and do some research. Like we've been saying, there's so much information out now that we've never had it before, and I know it's a lot to digest, but I think it's just as important that we do the research before using these products. I think it's something we should have been doing. Instead of just using whatever products were under the sink that our moms and aunts told us to go get. Know what I mean? Well, guys, it has been yet another episode of Period Sis. Thank you guys so much for joining me. If you haven't yet, head on over to officialboxowner.com. We have our own products over there. So use promo code BOXCARE and get 15% off of your purchase now. We have bundle specials. We have bundle deals. Go on over and take advantage now. And again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Rate, subscribe, review wherever you listen to us. And until next time, it's been real. Bye. Bye. Bye.